Hello, and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where health affairs editors go beyond the headlines to explore some of the most notable health policy news of the week. I'm Kathleen Haddad. And I'm David Watts. Today, we want to talk about two timely developments that affect healthcare coverage for all ages. One is the CMS final payment rule, which came out on Tuesday and governs aspects of health coverage under the Medicare program. The other development is the open enrollment period for ACA marketplace coverage for the under 65 crowd who are not enrolled in employer health plans. So the Medicare open enrollment period runs now through December 15th. As you can tell from all the Medicare Advantage commercials on cable news, But let's start with the ACA open enrollment period. Fabe, how long does the period run and what changes are in the offing under ACA coverage this year? Thanks, Kathleen. Well, as we know, open enrollment for ACA started this Tuesday, November 1st, and it will last through January 15th in in most states. However, if you want to get coverage by January 1st, you must complete enrollment by December 15th. So please be sure to check your state health insurance marketplace websites. So what are the new aspects um, in coverage this year? So in the past year, the Biden administration and Congress have taken steps mainly related to premiums and subsidies. Um, There was an article, well, there's been several articles, but I know Kaiser Health News actually outlined a few things for people to keep in mind when they're shopping for their plan. One is is a big change that is that will happen for some families who were recently barred from getting federal subsidies to help them purchase ACA coverage may now qualify. Another is preventative care will be still covered without a copay, but certain preventative measures may vary. So just to give you just the background of that, people seeking cancer screening or, or who seek preventative care currently do not have to pay anything out of pocket. That is due to the provision in the ACA that bars cost sharing for a range of preventative services, including certain tests, vaccines, and drugs. But a September ruling by a U.S. district judge in Texas uh, brought about some confusion about what might be covered in the next year, 2023. The judge declared unconstitutional one method the government uses to determine some of the preventative treatments that are covered without patient cost sharing. Ultimately, that might mean patients will have to start paying a share of the cost for cancer screenings or drugs that prevent the transmission of HIV. The judge has yet to rule on how many people this will affect, but for now, the ruling applies only to employers and individuals who brought um, who were brought up in the lawsuit. So as of now, the majority of us do not have to worry. Your no-cost screening mammograms and colonoscopy is still no cost. Another change is the uh, debt to uh, insurers or the IRS will not stop coverage. This is due um, to the COVID pandemic. Typically, people who get subsidies to buy ACA plans uh, must prove to the government on the next tax filings that they receive the correct subsidy based on the income they actually receive. If they fail to reconcile with the IRS, policyholders could lose eligibility for the subsidy the next time they enroll. But because of ongoing COVID-related problems that we've had in the past two years, it has impacted the IRS processing of returns. Those consumers will get another reprieve. Uh, This uh, actually new effort was set in place um, for the 2020 
uh, tax year um, for the American Rescue Act. So those are just a few things um, that are highlighted um, in this new 2023 uh, coverage plan for ACA. Yeah, Babe, those subsidies are really important and they're generous. So hopefully consumers, patients will make sure they 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 do what they need to do to take advantage of them. Um, but I want to just ask you overall, how is the health, uh, how is the ACA marketplace doing? So as for now, the reports are showing that the marketplace is stronger than it has ever been. That's great. And enrollment is up, I, I, I think yeah, as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, enrollment is up. Uh, so, Kathleen, let's talk about the changes under Medicare mandated by the CMS final rule. The rule came out just this week. What are some of the major components of it? Yes, Vabe, this rule is um, uh, usually you know, meant to update physician payment, and it's very complex. So um, uh, we'll let that to the physicians to uh, worry about. For us, let's talk about some of the other key provisions that affect beneficiaries. This rule has provisions to broaden access to behavioral health for seniors to make it easier to enroll in Medicare. And it attempts to breathe new life into the Medicare ACO program, the Shared Savings Program. You know, tell me about the Medicare ACO program. What does this rule have to do with ACOs? Interesting. Um, first, I think we should um, understand a bit of background on ACOs. ACOs are not health plans. They're simply groups of doctors and hospitals that band together to provide value-based care or try to provide value-based care rather than volume-based care. So the, with the goal of making some money in the process, patients don't even know they're assigned to an ACO. So though the final rule, I think, actually wants to make providers publicize to patients that they have been assigned to an ACO. And that assignment is based on where patients get the majority of their care, the care they choose, they choose their own providers. So but most Medicare ACOs can earn bonus payments for meeting volume and cost benchmarks. And over the years, CMS has planned to bring all ACOs into what's called two-sided risk, meaning they could pay a penalty for not meeting value benchmarks, as well as earn, um, earn a bonus for meeting the benchmarks. So anyway, the current final rules slow down this movement toward two-sided risk, and it sets up ways to get more providers into the program, um, the uh, enrollment of a, the number of ACAs has flatlined over the last several years. Um, as providers um, or ACAs, um, when they face the uh, deadline for starting to engage in two-sided risks, some have dropped out. But um, the, right now, the, this uh, CMS wants to use this final rule to um, reach providers who can form ACAs that reach underserved, low-income, and rural communities. So the rule gives advanced payments to ACOs that are just starting out to hire additional staff and equipment as necessary to um, engage in um, IT needed for performance evaluation um, and other, other components. But it gives them more time also moving forward before they have to meet the two-sided risk requirement. A lot of changes. So, so what else is in the final rule? So CMS is offering more special enrollment periods. The rule allows people who did not enroll in Part B when they first became eligible um, to do so with later without a late enrollment penalty. 
Kidney transplant patients will receive extended Medicare coverage for immunosuppressive drugs before the initial, uh, beyond the initial three years. Um, this is important because these drugs are needed to keep patients alive and they're expensive. In mental health, providers will be able to use telemedicine to initiate buprenorphine treatment for opioid use disorder uh, treatment and to also provide um, opioid use treatment in mobile units to reach, again, some underserved areas that, uh, where patients don't have access to such treatment. Wow, that is a lot. Yes, babe, it is a lot to take in. So uh, I think we should wrap up now and give our listeners some time to absorb it all. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Please leave us a review. And if you liked this episode, please tell a friend and subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, Fabe. Thanks, Kathleen.